Hello and welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian geek worldview. And today on the show, I'm going to be talking about three movies that came out recently. I'm going to be talking about Insidious, The Red Door, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, and The Sound of Freedom. Let's start off with the most recent one on the list here, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. Our lives are the sum of our choices. And we cannot escape the past. Ethan, this mission of yours is gonna cost you. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Ethan Hunt and the IMF team must track down a terrifying new weapon that threatens all of humanity if it falls in the wrong hands. With control of the future and the fate of the world at stake, a deadly race around the globe begins. Confronted by a mysterious, extremely powerful enemy, Ethan is forced to consider that nothing can matter more than the mission, not even the lives of those he cares about. The world is changing. Truth is vanishing. War is coming. been a long time, friend. You've no idea the power I represent. It knows your story and how it ends. Themes, messages, ideas, this is the part of the show where I talk about some of the themes and things that popped out to me in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning here. And uh, I'm not going to go way too deeply into it in this segment just because I don't want to spoil this movie. Uh, but, But the theme really that this movie, the thing that this movie is talking about is AI, which is really interesting because AI has really been blowing up recently right there's there's all kinds of ai websites and whatever that you can talk to and there's ai that's being integrated into different jobs and it's increasingly uh we're we're increasingly moving that direction and this movie seems to be kind of be commentating on that uh in a in a fairly negative light it seems like or at, at the very least a very cautionary light because uh the the extremely powerful you know potentially world ending tool that they're you know trying to get and uh, you know everybody's trying to get in this movie is this AI that is you know the the next level of intelligence or whatever and so you know this is it's really powerful it's really dangerous and all this stuff right and the movie seems to have the view that this is you know this is a very uh, bad negative thing you know no no one man should have all that power you know <laughs> nobody nobody should be that powerful to control and obviously the way that the the people the bad guys and stuff would use the tool and stuff in the movie is obviously very evil because this is a big played up action movie right so the ways that they they use this tool and stuff is definitely for uh, evil, and I definitely agree that you, you know, there's no way you should be using something like AI or, or anything for, uh, the, the manipulation of people and the manipulation of the world and all, all kinds of stuff that they're using it for in this movie. Uh, this is 
Honestly, I think this is a, a fairly legitimate uh, threat as far as our future goes. I mean, I, I, you know, I can't say I know everything about AI or whatever, but I, I do think that this is something that could uh, potentially change the world in the way that you know, internet changed the world and stuff like that, right? I think this is a a really big, monumentous creation, and it is something that we need to be, be uh, weary of. Now that said, I. I, I don't think there's any inherent like uh, moral worth to AI, or I don't think there's also any inherent immoral worth to AI either. Uh, I, I think it's just a tool, right? Ultimately, uh, you know, because I've heard some, you know, people discussing, it and I, I hear some Christians that are very like anti AI and stuff, and I, I'm not that. But but I do think it's a tool. It's a, it's a powerful tool, and it's something that needs to be handled with care for sure. And this movie maybe maybe it's more just along those lines. This is like the first half of the movie. I think thematically this will be maybe more fleshed out by the time we see. However, this movie, however this wraps up in part two, right? But I think this the idea of this being a a powerful tool that we need to be careful with definitely is. Uh, is accurate, you know, and it's, it's, I, I, but I don't think it's inherently something that's evil or inherently something that's good. It is, it is simply a tool, you know. I found it really interesting watching this movie just because this is so relevant to the, the, our times right now and so relevant with the, the rise of AI and stuff going on here, you know, that, that it's like, uh, that that this is like the main focus of this movie is I thought really interesting and kind of the way they're kind of discussing it in the movie I, I found very interesting. Another thing thematically in here that I, I thought was interesting is that uh, the the villains or at least some of them there's there's tons of different villains in this movie because it's basically everybody's you know trying to all get the same thing right there's the the MacGuffin that everybody's going after right that's that's kind of the the structure of this movie uh but but one of the big villains wants to create a one world government and they want to you know use the ai to help them create a one world government which again i i just found really interesting because there's you know, the the villains of the real world <laughs> there's there's evil people in the real world that want to create this uh you know one world government and stuff and uh and that is obviously viewed as a, a very bad thing in the movie and it's uh yeah and i think that's a very bad thing in real life too and i, I just find it really interesting that that's popping up here in this movie because so often nowadays uh, you know things that the government and stuff is trying to uh, push on us is also being pushed on us by the media and by movies and stuff like that too and so to see that being like resisted or shown as a bad thing in a popular Hollywood big budget you know big movie one of the biggest movies of the year coming out here right so it's like I find that really interesting listen to me the world's coming after you. His fate is written. Shall we write yours too? If anything happens to them, there's no place that I won't go to kill you. That is written. Now. 
I enjoy the Mission Impossible movies. I think this is a really fun franchise, and honestly, I think basically every movie gets better and better. This is it's very rare for this to to be this way in a franchise, but I really think basically every movie is escalating better and better and honestly this movie just continues that trend because i think this movie is extremely fun the action in this movie is amazing absolutely phenomenal probably the best action of the franchise so far which is saying something because this franchise always has amazing action sequences especially you know uh since like ghost protocol and stuff forward is really where they started pushing the action and pushing some of the really big insane stunts and stuff that they were doing in these movies and that continues here but i mean even okay you got the stunts you got you know then you see in the trailer the the motorcycle jumping stunt that he's doing is very cool in here there's other stunts in here that are you know of the the big like crazy kind of things that tom cruise is out there doing that is really cool to see but then there is so many other action sequences in here that are also really cool and like my favorite action sequence isn't even necessarily it, it is a stunt sequence, I suppose, but it's a, it's a different action sequence that is not one of the big majorly advertised ones necessarily that is just absolutely phenomenal in this movie. So cool, great action, extremely fun, and I mean, say what you want about Tom Cruise, you know, some people love him, some people hate him, but, but he always gives, you know, 110% into his movies, you know, both in, like, the crazy stunts and, and all that kind of stuff that he's always going on doing for these but also in his acting because he is great as this character he is great as ethan hunt making this very very entertaining you know this this stoic heart of gold you know assassin spy guy you know mission impossible guy making him a character that you can really like latch onto and like and he's he's a good guy he's like a good action hero which is kind of unfortunately rare nowadays you know so often you have the characters that are are so much just the shades of gray that it's like is there any light in here at all you know <laughs> whereas whereas this guy you know e ethan hunt like he, he wants to save the world and he wants to save his friends because it's a good thing to do and it's the right thing to do and you know and then like that's very much his motivation and uh and that's cool that's that's like really cool and it's kind of uh, old school, unfortunately. It, it shouldn't really be old. You know, good guys should be good guys in movies. And I'm all for the shades of gray and all that kind of stuff, you know, to, to make them interesting and all that kind of stuff. But, but like most heroes in movies should be heroes and should be good guys and should kind of be these, uh, characters that we can aspire to to some extent, and uh, and I think that is the kind of character that is uh, portrayed here in Mission Impossible with Ethan Hunt here. Haley Atwell's introduced in here, and she is fantastic. Like, she is, she plays this, like, tricky thief kind of character, and she is so much fun. Uh, like, something I, I just, I hate in modern movies is that they just make all the, the female characters just another one of the guys, you know, and that's, that's how you do uh, you know, strong female characters, you know, I guess that's that's a, a part of feminism, is you just eliminate women and, and you just make them into men, you know, so hooray feminism, I guess. Uh, but, but, like, like, that's so stupid. This, they do not do that. They, they 
have her be the strong female character without just changing her into a male character, you know, which I think is great. You got the, the feminine aspects and you got the cool, more action-y kind of aspects and all that stuff to her character. And she's great. She's so much fun. And she, uh, this, this might be the best performance I've ever seen out of Haley Atwell. Really good. And again, this kind of makes it feel a little bit more like a old school action movie in certain ways where men and women couldn't act like men and women, you know what I mean? Which is a good thing that is unfortunately rare in Hollywood nowadays. There's a ton of other returning cast members in here. The cast of these movies are like ballooning like crazy. It's, it kind of reminds me of the Fast and the Furious movies just in that there is so many different characters that, that from all these different movies, you know, I guess most movies don't get like, what, what are we, seven movies in now at this point? So most movies don't get this far, so they don't really have the chance to have this many new characters introduced throughout the franchise be in a movie like this. Uh, but it's really cool. They're well integrated into the movie i do wish i like watched the last one again like shortly before going into this one because i was like there's a character i'm pretty sure she was in the last one but i don't remember her very well and then she pops up again in this one and she's like okay she seems cool but like i i i want to remember what happened in the last one better so i can uh have a better established who she is in this one the villain of the movie is kind of weird because i mean you, you got the like the ai who's doing all this kind of evil villain kind of stuff as you know the ai is like a villain and then you got uh, a, a human face of the ai i guess you got the human villain as well and the human villain is he's kind of weird like i i think this was probably intentional but they kind of made him very he even like moves kind of weird and some of the stuff he says it just is a little odd and I think it's to make him more robotic or to make him like maybe a little bit more like an AI or something I don't know exactly I think he's I guess supposed to be the human face of the AI maybe or something but it makes him kind of an odd character and he even has like a fight scene where he's fighting and it looks very strange the like, like it doesn't look like he he is a fighter necessarily i don't know it's it's very odd uh it works for the most part but it's he, he's not the strongest uh villain of the franchise i would say but overall this movie this movie is fantastic this movie is so much fun it is so entertaining i think it's it's really interesting the discussions on the ai type stuff going on and it, the action is just amazing and phenomenal you got these fun characters all coming together simon Pegg back in here and it's just the perfect blending of just a phenomenal fun entertaining action movie that is just it's just top tier this is in my opinion the best mission impossible movie so far ethan what's your objective what's your ultimate objective your life will always matter more to me than my own Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 is rated PG-13 for intense sequences of violence and action, some language, and suggestive material. I would give it a 5 out of 5 stars on the enjoyability scale. None of our lives can matter more than this mission. I don't accept that.
All right, now it's time to talk about the sound of freedom. How'd that make you feel? Giving a child his freedom. So good. You have been at this for 12 years. My country tis of thee. Why are you doing it? Because God's children are not for sale. Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom is the incredible true story of Tim Ballard, a former government agent turned vigilante who embarked on a dangerous mission to rescue hundreds of children from sex traffickers. It is the fastest growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. For Homeland Security, you know we can't go off rescuing Honduran kids in Colombia. This job tears you to pieces. And, my and this is my one chance to put those pieces back together. Okay, themes, messages, ideas. Now, does Sound of Freedom have themes that uh, will stick out to you? Well, this movie, this movie is made to make you think. This movie is like built to uh, to get your mind moving about an issue and that issue is human trafficking. Uh, human trafficking is one of the biggest issues in the world today. It's one of the biggest like industries in the world today. It's an industry that is bigger than Hollywood, you know, it's it, which is insane to think about. And there's more slaves in the world today that are being trafficked than when slavery was legal, which is like another, again, an insane thing to think about. And so this movie is kind of shining a light on this evil that is going on in the world today and is saying, hey, God's children aren't for sale. We need to save these kids. And the focus of the movie is on the kids, but it also kind of opens up to the, the broader topic, topic of not just the kids, but the human trafficking uh, broadly and sex trafficking specifically, but uh, human trafficking broadly. And that's what mo this movie really is all about is exposing this evil for the world to see and, and for the world to react to you know the 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 idea is put across in this movie that that we like we can't wait for somebody else to act we we have to act ourselves we have to do our part because if, if we don't do anything or if we don't say anything, then this evil won't end. But if we do and if we do act, we can we can topple this evil, you know, $150 billion empire that's going on right now. And, and I think that's true. I, I think, you know, whether it's like whether it's promoting a movie like this and supporting a movie like this or supporting a movie like uh, exit or uh, supporting a ministry like Exodus cry, you know, which is something that fights uh, sex trafficking and, and pornography and some of that stuff, or, or actually, you know, going out into the, the, the world with, you know, boots on the ground work like Tim Ballard or something, you know, I, I think this is an industry that we need to fight back on and that we can end with, uh, with much more discussion on it and with much more action against it.
And I think this is portrayed in the movie in a in a good way because I, th- I think that it's uh, it's just telling the story of Tim Ballard and it's it fits right into the movie. It doesn't feel like this movie is is preaching the stuff at you, but it is very present in the movie and it is intentionally trying to get you to think about these things and it works. And then you look online and Hollywood is pushing back against this stuff. You see the the big Hollywood type of news outlets and stuff calling this. Uh, you know, QAnon conspiracy theory type stuff, you know, which is, I mean, first off, it's just weird because it's based on a true story. You you can look up the stuff that Tim Ballard did and read about the stuff that he did, and he did the stuff that's in this movie. And in the end credits of this movie, you can see some clips of some of the actual th- the events that took place in the movie, and you see some of the clips of the actual things that were happening, uh, from some of the stuff that, that got videoed, you know? And so it's like, this This is based on a real thing. This is not some cracked out conspiracy theory. So, like, why why are you covering up for this, I guess, is the question. Like, e- even if you think, okay, it's not as bad as they say, I think the end message of we need to end child trafficking, we need to end sex trafficking, and, you know, we need to save the children is also is ultimately kind of the biggest emphasis of the movie is, you know, we got to save the children. That's the motivator of the movie. And, uh, and the idea that we're pushing back against this is like, no, this is bad, or this is conspiracy theory stuff. Even if, you know, even if it's not as bad as the movie said, this is still should be a message that we can unite on. Yes, let's save the children. Let's end human trafficking and stuff, right? And uh, so it's interesting to see who is uh, pushing back against this kind of stuff in this movie. That said, I think thematically this movie is extremely heavy, but it's uh, very good stuff. Yet somehow, you have failed to bring me one real-world lead. It's over, Tim. Close up and come back home. So, you quit your job, and you go and rescue those kids. I've never seen a movie tackle the, the human trafficking industry in the way that this movie does. There's movies like Taken with Liam Neeson, where, you know, Liam Neeson goes on this killing rampage to, to save his daughter from, from this kind of thing, right? But it's presented in this fun, bombastic way. It's it's using this real-life terrible thing for more of an action movie setting and, and for more of an action movie thing, you know? And, and I think, uh, you know, that's... I, I don't think that's a bad uh, technique to take with it necessarily if you want to expose it. But I think a movie like this presenting a, a real-life story and a little bit more of a, a real-life, down-to-earth, hardcore drama thriller kind of presentation is going to get more people to uh focus on the the evils of that issue you know and that's that's more what this movie does this movie is not exactly fun it's not exactly fun to watch this movie is very heavy it's very uh you know it's 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 this this hardcore dramatic ugh in this movie that you watch and it's it's very intense it's it like edge of your seat kind of stuff going on in this movie but it often leaves you more sick to your stomach than uh, excited or elated like uh, Taken might leave you. Now that said that that's that's by design that is the way this movie is created. This movie is the dour 
dark look into this very uh, dark and, and disturbing world of human trafficking. But in the midst of all this darkness, there is light. This is a, uh, this is a, this is a Christian movie, if you don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about that a little bit later. But there is light in this movie, and there's a glimpse of hope so as not to leave you just, like, completely and utterly defeated, you know, which I think is is good. Good stuff. Well done in here. Uh, Jim Caviezel is the, the guy. He plays Tim Ballard, the, the FBI agent that's hunting down the predators, and then he's, he kind of uh, goes rogue in order to... Uh, to go and take down this big operation that's that's going on uh he's fantastic he's really good i think he does a really good job at playing this man who has been like so beaten down by this darkness and you know he's just like he's facing it so head on and it you can tell that this is taking a toll on him you know and then there's a, a part of the movie where he's like going undercover with the the pedophiles and stuff and it is so disturbing and like uncomfortable because you know we know that you know okay this is the good guy you know this is the guy that that is trying to save the children but when he's going undercover and you you see and, and hear those conversations with the pedophiles and stuff and it's just ugh, it is so uncomfortable and just ugh. it is a movie that that can definitely be hard to watch that said, I, I kind of think that's what the movie is going for, and I think it's well done in that respect. I, I think this is a great example of a Christian movie that doesn't need to have an in-your-face, like, gospel message, or even, like, a traditional Christian, quote-unquote traditional Christian message at all. This is, this is exposing the darkness. This is shining a light in the darkness, which the scripture tells us to do, and it's saying, hey... God's children are not for sale, which is a, a line from Tim Ballard, I guess. And so it's it's pretty distinctly Christian. It's pretty distinctly, you know, religious. But it's a. Uh, you know, it's, it's totally the Christian movie and it isn't afraid to mention God or anything, but it's still not going overboard or it's not having the, the you know, this isn't like, repent of your sins and come to Jesus. You know, it's not that message either. It's it's a different message that Christians also need to promote and talk about, right? And this is a movie that, you know, Hollywood wouldn't dare to uh, create this movie, which is why Angel Studios created it. And so I think, I think it's a great... Uh, balance thematically that I, I think more Christians should take note of. Now you might say, hey, wait, isn't Tim Ballard a Mormon? And I guess he is, apparently. Uh, looking it up afterwards, that's what I, I read, is that he's actually a Mormon. So not not a Christian there. But the the director of the movie is a Christian, from what I understand. Uh, Jim Caviezel is a Christian. They don't dive into the... So if you, if you want to consider this a Mormon movie, or if you want to consider this a Christian movie, I guess you can, you can lean either way. But in my view, if the creators of it are Christian and trying to present a and more of a Christian worldview, which I think the director is, and I think Jim Caviezel is, that makes me think it's more the, the Christian movie versus the Mormon movie. But I think even even regardless of that, I think that this is something this is something that Christians should take note of as a way to present thematic material in movies because I think it's really well done here and uh, it's this is a really good solid movie uh, heavy hard to watch but it's it's but it's PG thirteen level it's like this could have been the heavy hard R and you actually see some of the hard terrible stuff in it which would have been like 
which would have crossed the line and pushed the line too much that I don't think, I, I think the, the heavy implications and it just that we see and stuff is really effective and it didn't need to cross the line any further really than it did. It's crazy because this is another good Christian movie. That's four good Christian movies that came out this year and we're only like a little over halfway through the year here and we've had Jesus Revolution, we've had His Only Son, we've had Nefarious, and now we have Sound of Freedom. Like this is unprecedented. I don't know that there's ever been a year that I can remember where this many good Christian movies have come out. It's great stuff, man. Good stuff. Hear that? That's the sound of freedom. Sound of Freedom is rated PG-13 for thematic content involving sex trafficking, violence, language, sexual references, and some drug references and smoking throughout. I would give it a 4 out of 5 stars on the enjoyability scale. Sound of Freedom is one of those films that can legitimately change this world. So we want to ignite a fire in audiences and open their eyes to the dark reality of millions of children that need our help. Let's make this film a historic event and the start, the end of child trafficking. Theaters across this country are already selling out. Pre-order your tickets today and you can send the message that God's children are no longer for sale. All right, now let's talk about Insidious, The Red Door. Are you ready? We're ready to forget the further, once and for all. My brain just been foggy the past few years. All I ever wanted was to be a good dad. Dalton. Insidious, The Red Door. This movie, once again, follows the Lamberts, who are the family from the original movie, and they have grown up. This is several years down the line, and they have forgotten, there's context for this, but they've forgotten the events of those first two movies, and now they must re-remember the events of those first two movies, because suddenly, creepy supernatural stuff is happening to them again, and they must re-remember and discover rediscover the further once again. Did you ever try and get help? Nah, I'm just trying to push through. Why don't you drive Dalton to college? You still have a few weeks before your students show up, right? Just an idea to reconnect. I know it's been tough with you too. All right, thematic talk here. What's some themes that were in Insidious the Red Door? Uh, I think probably the, the biggest overarching kind of theme in here is that you can't run away from your past. You can't just forget your past and, and some of the past things that you have done, maybe some of the sins or evil that you have done. You can't just run away from that. You can't just forget that. You, you have to face your your you know demons head on so that you can move forward into the, the future. If you don't, it only leads to more heartache and more pain 
pain ultimately uh, which is true I mean I think you have to you have to consider and understand the past to prepare for the future and understand how that you should move f- forward into the future and you should address your past and part of the way that you deal with or part of the way that you address your past and the the bad and evil things that you have done is to confess them to God and through the intercession of, of Jesus Christ were forgiven, you know? So I, I think that uh, obviously that element of it is not in this movie, but that is a way and the most important way that we need to address the past and address our sins of the past. And uh, and ultimately, yeah, the, we can't just, you, you can't just forget it and move on and just pretend like it never happened, la la la, because that just ultimately never works. Much like the previous in the Insidious movies, this is a fairly religionless, quote-unquote, religionless supernatural horror movie. And by that I mean it, there, there's not really any Christian elements in here at all. I mean, you look at horror movies from the past, you look at supernatural horror movies from the past, and there's almost always some kind of Christian element. It's almost always some connection to the church. You got a, a priest or a pastor or somebody that comes in and it helps with the demon or gives you advice or, or whatever, something... Uh, the the insidious movies i think basically it's just the first movie uh there's a pastor that comes in and he's all like not that great and they kind of just dismiss him and then they move on to to other less you know religious quote unquote uh people who are dealing with this this supernatural threat interesting to note uh just kind of a weird thing i guess but in in a a very common thing i guess nowadays with supernatural horror is a much less you know again quote unquote religious i say i put the religious in quotes because everything is religious everyone is religious you can't really escape that or, or get around that but when i say that i'm specifically referring to uh you know christian or the church or, or something along those lines which is something that these movies basically just steer around uh another interesting thing to note here is that our heroes in this movie uh do astral project projection uh which is real astral projection is a real thing and it's magic and uh and and biblically speaking magic is evil right you know and uh it's yeah i I guess i just think it's important to note these kind of things that pop up that they're they're not the main theme of the movie you know they are maybe incidentally uh but or maybe purposefully promoting an idea like hey you know astral projection is is cool you know i mean i I guess it it is presented as like hey this is dangerous because while you're out of your body a, a demon could come in or whatever that said uh, it, it is portrayed as like kind of a cool, neat thing that this family somehow has the ability to do. And it's not necessarily portrayed as a, a bad thing. And, uh, and ultimately it is a, it's a real thing and it is a bad thing and, uh, we shouldn't do it or we shouldn't aspire to it. And we shouldn't want our heroes to be doing it or promoting it in our movies. So I, I guess that's just something interesting to note there. Let's get to the review. The balance of light and dark is what we're after. You're in the art school, I take it? Yeah. You go here too? Yes. Draw an experience that defines you. When I was 10, I was in a coma. But I don't even remember being sick. Sink deep into your memory and let's see what light can find. 
I love the Insidious franchise. I think this is a great series of horror movies. The first few movies are really the best, and then uh, it gets kind of shaky as the, the franchise goes on. But those first, especially I think the first two horror movies, the, the first two Insidious movies directed by James Wan are probably the best, and those are really good, solid horror movies. And I love that this movie is kind of returning to those, because after those two, it's about, it follows this family, then it kind of wandered off and it followed, you know, some other characters, and it was kind of almost like spin-off type of movies almost. Uh, but then they considered them sequels, you know, Chapter 3 and stuff like that. But this one, this one's more returning. This one is basically doing the end, uh, ca capping off this as a trilogy. So you got, you know, Insidious Chapter 1 and Chapter 2, and then the Red Door would be the finale of the, the original trilogy, basically. And I love that they're bringing that back. I love that they're finishing off this storyline. And... I, I like that this one actually feels a little bit more like a conclusion than most of the movies. The Insidious movies kind of oftentimes will do a thing where they're like, all right, it's it's basically concluded, or is it? There's still a demon, or there's still something creepy, you know, to, to leave you there, like, perturbed and stuff. A lot of horror movies do that kind of thing. This one, uh, this movie, it does feel a little bit more like a conclusion. It feels like they're trying to wrap the series up a little bit. They're trying to to wrap up this trilogy and these characters a little bit more and I, I liked that they went that direction. Uh, Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne are back as the, the father and the mother from the first movie and I like these characters and I, I like these two actors. But I do hate that they broke these characters up. That, why? Can, can we not have a married couple stay married for three movies, please? No franchise can do this. You know, we have they're married for two movies, and it's like, all right, uh, time to change things up. They broke up. They're not married anymore. And it's like, oh, oh my gosh. Come on, man. Can't you stay married? <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's just bad commentary on where our culture's at. Uh, accurate, maybe, but unfortunate, you know? <laughs> Ugh. Uh, that said, I, I really like these characters, and I think the some of the stuff they do with them in here is pretty good. I just think it's unfortunate that they went this direction with them. Uh, Ty Simpkins returning as Dalton, so he was the kid that was haunted in the first movie, but now he's an adult, and he's off to college and stuff. It's cool to see him come back and kind of see, uh, you know, how he's changed and how he's developed and stuff. Uh, this movie is, it's kind of dealing Dealing with the the repercussions of the previous movies, it's it's kind of annoying that the characters in this movie have to re-remember everything that happened in the first two movies because th that takes up so much of this movie is them rediscovering stuff that we as the audience who have seen the other two the other previous movies we know what happened. So them rediscovering what happened, it just feels like we could have spent more of this time either dealing with those consequences or just doing something else than re-remembering something that we already saw in the previous movies. You know, I'd, I would... I would much rather have them already remembered it, you know, and then we deal with those consequences or we add something, a new layer on top or, or something else, you know. I, I I think it's unfortunate they went that direction. Uh, there are some good uh, scares in here. There's some good creepiness in here. Uh, much like the previous movies, this is like jump scare horror, uh, but I think it's jump scare horror done right. You know, I, I think uh, there's, there's different ways to do horror. There's the psychological horror and stuff like that. This isn't quite 
right that this is more the the creepy build up jump scare type of horror but i think much like the the first few movies it is jump scare horror done right though not not on the same level as the the first two movies i mean james wan is a a horror movie master i think i think he's like one of the best horror movie directors of of right now for sure potentially of all time you know if you want to talk to somebody that uh, that has a better history of movies maybe than me but i think he's phenomenal and so you know saying that it doesn't quite live up to those ones is not a negative thing i, I didn't expect it to i guess you know and so that's okay i think the first couple movies had a little bit more uh visual flair in them like especially when they're in the further you know I, I'm, I'm just like picturing that that family he goes in there and there's like this creepy family that's like sitting on their couch and then they smile and stuff and it's this real creepy weird thing you know and, and i feel like we we don't have anything that's quite on that level necessarily in this movie but they're still taking some of the aesthetic from those first movies and what the further is and uh which is cool i, I, I do like that kind of stuff uh this is patrick wilson's director debut so this is uh, the the main character of the movie's directorial debut as well and it's it's good you know I, I mean I can't say I'm like uh, chomping at the bit to see whatever he does next but hey I'm curious to see what else he does because I did enjoy this movie overall this is a solid entry in the insidious franchise and I think a good concluding chapter making a trilogy out of this and the first two movies <laughs> seeing crazy stuff i think these drawings could be clues from my past there's so much you don't know and i was too scared to tell you the truth our family has been keeping secrets they suppressed our memories but i can still feel something following us there's only one way to find out Insidious the Red Door is rated PG-13 for violence, terror, frightening images, strong language, and suggestive references. I would give it a 3.5 out of 5 stars on the enjoyability scale. I feel like I'm getting closer to something. Or something's getting closer to me. When you awaken the dead, the further you travel, the riskier your journey will become. That is it for this episode of the Helix Reviews podcast. Coming up, uh, I'll probably talk about uh, Oppenheimer when that comes out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually be. I intend to go watch that tomorrow, and uh, that that movie looks fantastic. Uh, Christopher Nolan, one of my my favorite director out there working today, and uh, the the trailers just look really interesting. And yeah, I'm very much looking forward to Oppenheimer. I'm, I'm very curious though the way they talk about the movie and you, know, you know he Christopher Nolan says this is the most morally ambiguous main character of any of his movies which is interesting watching movies like Memento and Batman and stuff you know where he has some pretty morally ambiguous characters in uh, quite a few of his movies and say that about this movie which is like a, a real life like a biopic about Oppenheimer and the creation of the atom bomb and stuff and and he he created the atom bomb explosion in the movie with with like real life 
effects, like, no special effects in the movie at all, I guess, which is, like, insane. Like, how, what? Did he just blow up an atom bomb or something? Well, it's insane. <laughs> I don't think he did. But, uh, but that's, like... I'm really curious to see how it turns out. So, uh, yeah, probably the next episode I'll talk about that. Oh, yeah, Secret Invasion is coming out. I have seen none of that yet. Uh, but I imagine myself and Josiah will uh, watch that and review it on the show. Uh, but until then, this is David of Helix Reviews signing out. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye.